106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. This is Mr. Montgomery. I met him a few weeks ago in New York. Oh, how are you? You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there are certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. How horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? You may have seen the nipple height mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, has said that you can get tickets to the final at Trafalgar Square or be allowed permission if you get your vaccine. <laughs> Let me ask you, when in your life were you ever offered some kind of bribe or football tickets or a lottery ticket or a free donut in exchange for a medical procedure? <laughs> like the last time you went to get a smear test, did someone offer you a free donut or, you know, tickets to the netball? I don't think so. Also, he's kind of pissing on Trafalgar Square anyway, because that belongs to the English people. It certainly belongs to the City of London. And he's just decided that the fourth plinth will have a statue of the face masks of 850 transsexuals who mostly work as sex workers. <laughs> Which is fine. Nothing against them. Good on them for doing a difficult job in challenging times and good on them for deciding how they want to identify. I'm just not certain it's a priority for the fourth plinth in Trafalgar Square when we have people literally being stabbed to death on trains. This past Thursday was the Great American Smokeout, a day that everyone in America was encouraged to stop smoking cigarettes for a 24-hour period. Here to comment further is Update Health Correspondent Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. Jersey writes in and says, Dear Rosanna, Rosanna Dana, last Thursday I quit smoking. Now I'm depressed, I gained weight, my face broke out, I'm nauseous, I'm constipated, my feet swelled, my gums are bleeding, my sinuses are clogged, I got heartburn, I'm cranky, and I have gas. What should I do? Mr. Fader, you sound like a real attractive guy. <laughs> You belong in New Jersey. <laughs> but I know exactly what you're going through, because once I, Roseanne, Rosanna Dana, quit smoking. And to get back in shape, I had to join one of those fancy schmancy health clubs. You know the ones where it's real expensive to join, but it's worth it because you get to see a lot of people that you don't know naked. Good day to you. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, uh, the 120th episode, playing 
uh, initially on July 17th, 2021. Thank you so much for listening. However you got here, there could be a, a number of ways. One, you may have seen an article where it gave a website, uh, nohostagesradio.com, where all the episodes are listed. And also, uh, there are some articles there if you're interested in those articles. Some people, maybe if you're in Northern California, maybe if you're um, uh, in the rest of the country somewhere, uh, some of them are more locally oriented, uh, as except for things like Black Lives Matter and things like that. So, so there may be things that are uh, nationally and internationally relevant, but uh, some may be local, but they may eventually become extra local of interest because uh, whatever starts in California seems to infect the rest of the country. So you can also, uh, uh, on your regular podcast source, just put in No Hostages Radio. So uh, just to give you a few more ideas on how to connect, we, we now have a Live with Lou Facebook page because the Territorial Dispatch, which used to run two articles a week uh, of mine, became nervous because of cancel culture and now just run an occasional article. So some of you have kind of given up on articles there. And they just ran one, I understand, on the recall uh, of Governor Newsom. So that ran, it's called the Road to Recall. <clears throat> I understand it ran on the back of the paper, but that's fine. Wherever it runs is great. Uh, I don't know whether they're going to run anymore. I've sent them quite a few uh, and given them the option if they want to run them. We run them all now on Live with Lou Facebook page. I know, I know. A lot of you don't have Facebook or you left Facebook or never had Facebook. <clears throat> I'm just trying to accumulate <clears throat> an audience there because if Facebook ever decides they don't want me to do that there, at least I can let everybody know I'm leaving and we're moving over to this platform. And uh, whereas with the Territorial Dispatch, it ended all of a sudden and uh, everybody wondered whether that guy just died or uh, he quit or got fired or something, something. So, uh, you can reach me at 530-713-1838, that you can text me there, call me there, 530-713-1838. I'm, I am on the left coast, Northern California. Uh, you can also email me at <clears throat> lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. I think that cut, it has it covered. Normally, I give you a, uh, a number of things that are coming up. But they've all come to pass. And so one of the things that's happening right now, uh, or just happened actually, it's it's happening this weekend, is Friday night, the Friday before this played, uh, General Flynn and other speakers uh, were in the uh, Yuba City area of California speaking on a tour uh, through the West Coast, um, down to Los Angeles, and then I think on to San Diego. There's a number of people speaking with the um, the general, including Roger Stone, I heard, and and uh, Mike Lynn, the the My Pillow guy, and a number of people down in Los Angeles. A big big gala of speakers uh, up here in Yuba City. Uh, general Flynn was the main speaker at, at uh, a veterans breakfast and then a VIP meeting, and uh, finally a meeting on the evening of uh, the 16th at Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City. And then he's fly, flying on down to do the meeting the next day 
in Los Angeles. So uh, that got got us caught up uh, with all the different events that were coming up. One event that happened this week that I'm thrilled about, and I've been following, uh, is the the resurrection or the takeover over the overthrow, however you want to look at it, of the Yuba County Republican Central Committee. That committee has been a dead committee for years uh, because uh, of the meddling of of uh, state government officials. In this case, it was Senator Nielsen and his hacks, uh, uh, the, the Heater family. And in Sutter County, it was James Gallagher's meddling. And both of them are, are impotent uh, uh, committees, uh, the, the Yuba County Committee, the worse off. And basically, they'd stopped meeting. They had officers. Every officer was filled by a heater family member. How weird is that? And uh, they misrepresented what they were doing, misrepresented their financial situation, a number of things that uh, misrepresented the fact that they were supposed to have an annual meeting. And so a group of Republican folks, conservative folks, not rhinos, uh, came to the meeting and asked to be put on the board and got on the board. The heaters quit. And so this week they had another meeting, July 13th, they had a meeting. There were about 30 people at the meeting, and uh, they have now five representatives from the 4th and the 5th district. They need new representatives five representatives from each of these three, one, two, and three districts. Uh, So if you're interested in serving on the committee, which helps promote conservative values, uh, helps vet conservative candidates, and helps recruit conservative candidates, not rhinos, not Republican in name only. In California, what we have is a Democrat party, extremely liberal, and then we have Democrat light, kind of like Budweiser was full throttle Budweiser. And then you had Bud Light, which was like less calories. And so that's what we've had here in California. And our local officials, uh, James Gallagher and uh, Jim Nielsen, have have fit that bill completely. And so now, uh, amazingly, the, uh, the heaters who didn't even want to come to a meeting, now since there's new people coming and all kinds of new board members and new uh, committee members that the, the uh, heaters are sour grapes and showing up to the meeting and throwing, trying to uh, disturb the meeting. That is typical. That is that's the reason the Republican Party in California have lost their way because they would rather destroy one another and undermine other people than they would fight uh, radical leftist socialist ideolo- ideologues in the state. And this is exactly what's happened is people like that have time to show up and destroy other conservatives rather than go out and get people like registered to vote, which is a good idea, right? That's what a conservative uh, committee should do. Uh, Republican Central Committee should be out uh, getting people registered to vote. So uh, when they took over the committee, first there was no money that they had supposedly given the money together to away and then somehow uh, eight hundred dollars showed up in just a matter of a month or two they've raised about eight thousand dollars on gun raffles and to to not spend on themselves but to spend on promoting recruiting vetting promoting conservative ideals conservative measures conservative candidates and so way to go uh yuba county republican 
Central Committee, and shame on you, Heater family, for of all the times you could invest yourself instead of encouraging people and become a part of the solution, uh, you've got a sour grapes and want to destroy something like that. Now, it's interesting to me, and if I have time, I'll talk about it, but uh, uh, James Gallagher actually endorsed Prop 19, which undermined Prop uh, Proposition uh, 13 and Proposition 58, which reduced our our property taxes immensely in the state of California. And um, I was shocked when he endorsed the overthrow of that. The the um, what, One of the hurtful things about this Prop 19 was that it uh, took more people's money away from them and put it in the government coffers. And it... Uh, one of the provisions of Prop 13 was you could pass your property uh, upon your death onto your children, and they could keep the same property tax basis, which, which uh, in, in the past, before Prop 13, when you would inherit property, they would jack up the tax, and therefore you, many, many young people could not afford to pay the new taxes. So they'd end up having to just sell the property, liquidate the property, a ranch, a, you know, a nice home or whatever. And so uh, James Gallagher actually endorsed the, the uh, reassessing of property given from parents to children. And uh, even people like uh, Assessor Duckles uh, wrote an article about it in the uh, Appeal Democrat trying to explain to people and trying to give people a heads up on how to adjust their uh, finances and their financial planning as this new uh, proposition passed by just a hair and then it was going to come into existence. Well, now Kevin Kiley, uh, who who is a uh, assemblyman like James Gallagher in the 6th District, is is now putting a proposition on the ballot uh, or putting an item on the ballot that will actually reverse what Prop 19 just did because it's so damaging to families in California. So it's interesting. Kylie and Gallagher both stood up and, and filed a lawsuit against Governor Newsom, calling him a tyrant and uh, taking offense to the fact that he was he was ignoring the uh, due process that the Assembly and Senate offers on how you do business in a state government like ours. And so he used the fact that since it's an emergency, uh, all bets are off and you can become a dictator and you don't have to follow the Constitution on how a government is is uh, run. So uh, anyway, uh, it's interesting. Some of the developments, Kylie recently announced he's running for governor, which I'm thrilled about. And uh, he's one of the few people that have actually fought against Governor Newsom during the past uh, couple of years of his candidacy, as opposed to just whine about it and uh, then eventually say, I can really make a big difference here if I was governor, but they really haven't shown they made a big difference while they weren't governor. And uh, so anyway, way to go, uh, Republican Central Committee of Yuba County. And if you know any of the folks on that committee, I know I just talked to one of them earlier tonight, and they said they have, still have some gun tickets left to sell. So uh, buy those gun tickets; they're twenty dollars a piece. They're selling; they're raffling off a Beretta and a Glock handgun, and all the money is going to promote conservative causes. Uh, okay, 
So I mentioned uh, General Flynn. This has been a shocking thing that he would be either even interested in coming to Yuba City, Northern California, just a small area, small venue. The Even the venue at Glad Tidings is very small. Uh, I looked into trying to figure out if we could use the amphitheater where they have the concerts <clears throat> out off 40 Mile Road near Wheatland, and I never got a call back. So uh, we ended up just putting them uh at the facility at glad tidings holds about 900 people. And, uh, so that's that. All right. Well, thank you, uh, for, again, I gave you all the ways to contact me. If you have a comment, if you have a question, if you want to give me some new information, uh, I get people sending me stuff all the time. Uh, in fact, <clears throat> someone just sent me, uh, an item on an article. It was an early June article saying that the drug overdoses, and drug overdose deaths in California were up something like 35%. I think it's on one of my other deaths here in the in my uh, podcast studio. So I'll, I'll grab it and read it to you. But it, it's shocking, and it's uh, we'll talk about that some later. I wanted to mention, uh, you know, uh, oh, also, if you want to listen to Live with Lou, it's uh, now I'm back on KMYC 1410 AM on Saturday mornings from 10 to noon. And uh, that doesn't mean a lot to you that that are out of state. Eventually, they're going to be live streaming that <clears throat> on the Internet. They haven't got that set up yet because an arsonist burnt the whole station down and uh, burnt up all the equipment except the transmitter. So they've got it up and running, but they don't have the live stream. So, But you here in the counties surrounding Yuba County, should should be able to uh, pick up the signal. It's a pretty strong signal, but it should be a lot stronger once they get the new transformer uh, tuned in. So uh, the the next big date for me uh, on things coming up is is the recall Newsom date, which is September 14th. Somebody asked me, "Well, may, will that change?" No, the Secretary of State establishes the date of the recall, <clears throat> and that date has been monkeyed around with. Uh, Newsom got the Democrats in Sacramento to vote to actually make the uh, recall sooner rather than later, since it qualified to he, uh, the petitions qualified for a recall. He wanted to have it sooner rather than later. That that puts it uh, all the opponents that that might want to run against him at a real disadvantage, and it uh, forces the vote. Uh, for people that don't really understand what the what the situation is, it gives less time to campaign against Newsom, and uh, he's trying to get out, you know, uh, get through some other problems so things don't look worse around the state than they already are to uh, make his uh, <clears throat> recall election a failure. In other words, if there isn't 50% plus one more vote, uh, he does not get recalled. But if there is 50% plus one more vote, then he does get recalled, and then the slate of candidates, maybe over 100 candidates that have put their name on the ballot, whoever gets the most votes, it doesn't matter how many most, just the most votes, whoever that one person is to get the most votes uh, becomes the governor for the next uh, couple of years uh, to serve out Newsom's uh, time in office and then they'll have to run again so they don't even get a full four years okay so i wanted to mention uh it it looks to me like uh, you can judge for yourself of course uh that everywhere that that the 
judicial branch of our government is allowing people to examine election fraud, they're finding it. So they're finding it in Michigan. It says here, a Michigan attorney drops huge bombshell on election fraud, um, indicating evidence of voting machines breached in Michigan. Now, many of these states before the election was confirmed uh, would not allow anybody to look into the fraudulent claims. We're not talking about just one or two votes or a hundred votes or a thousand votes of people filling out ballots or filling out registration forms. They shouldn't have been filling out the registration to vote Uh, people filling out those for other people or filling out ballots for other people. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about massive electronic manipulation of machines, technology. And uh, Michigan attorney Stephanie Lambert, uh, she's a former prosecutor, revealed in in an interview that they will now have evidence of voting machines being breached in California or in Michigan during the election. I think if they look at California, they're going to find exactly the same thing. So uh, she, uh, Stephanie opened by telling uh, the interviewers that she sent a, a Gmail to the White House following the election with the title of 2020 election fraud and Google would not let her Gmail go through. Uh, so she reached out to Sidney Powell and went to work for attorneys looking at the election fraud. Now, this is no different than communist China. When I was in the last time I was in, uh, in Shenzhen, which is just across the border from Hong Kong in mainland China, when I tried to use my Google Gmail, uh, I, I could not use Gmail in, in, uh, Shenzhen. You could in Hong Kong, not in Shenzhen across the border. This is communism, people. That's what we're seeing already. Stephanie, uh, the attorney, said that CEO, the CEO of Dominion Voting Systems absolutely lied. That's in quote. That's an attorney saying it. That CEO of Dominion Voting Systems absolutely lied during testimony in Michigan that the machines were not connected to the Internet. They were connected. And her team discovered the machines were breached by a, a uh, an organization called Election Source, which is a subcontractor for Dominion. Now they're they're already seeing huge problems in Maricopa County, uh, where the sheriff was overthrown down there, and and it turned out to be anti-Trump, but it wasn't really. And there was corruption there. There is corruption in Michigan. There's corruption all over the place, but they're just uh, if if judges, they're what they are is corrupt judges. If corrupt judges or judges will not allow the audits, uh, then there aren't any. But that's the power of being a corrupt judge and having your the right people uh, involved. So we're going to take a break. Uh, I didn't mention this. If you're new, we take uh, this is a six segment uh, podcast. So we're just finishing the first one. There's going to be a few. Uh, educational clips uh five to six minutes and then you'll be back with me for another 20 minute segment so we'll be right back
trouble like you had last year in the Fillmore district. Understand? That's my policy. Yeah, well, when an adult male is chasing a female uh, with intent to commit rape, I shoot the bastard. That's my policy. Intent? How did you establish that? Well, a naked man is chasing a woman through an alley with a butcher knife and a heart on I figure he isn't out collecting for the Red Cross. And my name is Brad Taylor, and I just finished my freshman year at RHS. Um, I've been a part of District 196 schools now for 10 years, and I'm going to give you a glimpse today of what's actually going on inside these schools. Um, despite the board's attempt to deny it, District 196 schools are quickly becoming a place where promoting activism is actually more important than promoting education. I'll take, I'll take you back to my first day at RHS this fall. The principal came out and gave us a heartfelt speech about equality and standing together. Um, he began to list countless races, such as Latino, Asian, expressing how much they matter and how important they are. But never once did he mention a race or identity that reflects me, or half the kids that were in the class. Now, members of the board, I know you haven't been to school in a while, and I know most of the people, I know none of you, or most of you, don't have any kids left in the school district. Um, but you must admit how uncomfortable it will be to be characterized just by your skin color on the first day of school and be thought that you were wrong just because of your skin color. So I will never forget the look one of my friends gave me from across the room as we were sitting there listening to this blatant bias being expressed in the so-called equity statement by the leader of our school. To be clear, I don't need you to tell me that I matter, but hearing the condolences given to other races and leaving just one race out, it inevitably you'll start to feel like you've done something wrong. And in our principal's attempt to unify us, he instead created unwarranted boundaries and barriers between his students, pitting us against each other based on characteristics that we can't control. In another separate instance, I was told that writing all lives matter on the whiteboard was political and could be seen as offensive. When I questioned the teacher after class, she told me that she didn't have an answer and she just had to erase it, and it was quickly erased. There are political signs all over RHS specific, about specific races that matter, specific sexual orientations that matter, and specific perspectives that matter. But when I questioned the RHS administration about how these signs were political, they told me that they were supporting human rights. So when I questioned why the equity statement couldn't represent all students, they told me that to even ask that question was outlandish and offensive. And they, when I asked why that was, they told me, quote, whites have a pretty good situation right now, unquote. So is that not racism? Disregarding my question merely because of the color of my skin. To be honest, after enduring a year of the people in charge telling me that I'm a racist and I'm privileged and pointing out our irreversible differences, I've never noticed race more. And it's becoming the first thing I notice when I meet someone, which has never before been the case. RHS administration confidently told me that RHS students and staff are happy with their equity statement. But from the, my experience in talking with other students, this is not the case. I know many kids who disagree with their teachers, but they're too scared to stand up because they're worried that their grades will be docked and their learning experience will be affected. My honors government teacher, I'm not going to say his name, but he's mentioned that Democrats care more about all people while Republicans only care about themselves. And he's also inferred to us that socialism is better than democracy. He even had a statue. He had a statue of a socialist leader in his classroom. Um, I have been... I've been told by a lot of kids that they just stay silent and adjust their schoolwork to reflect an acceptable opinion to secure a good grade. I've been approached by multiple teachers who have told me in private that they just want to say that they agree with me and they support me standing up, but they can't say it in front of the class for fear of being disciplined by the administration in some way or losing their jobs. 
There is clearly only one way to think in this district, and that is that they are teaching their kids to shut up if they don't agree. Now, members of the board, I want you to take a good look at yourselves in the mirror tonight and ask, are you really standing up for the equality of all people, or are you just pushing a damaging political ideology um, on, on our students? A fellow coworker at my job, who, by the way, is of color, discreetly told me that the schools seem to be pushing a very leftist agenda in class. This proved that not everyone is happy with your school, and not everyone who isn't happy is white. Now, due to all these instances I've mentioned and many more that I can't fit in this five-minute speech, I've decided to leave this district and continue school on a private Christian school online. And, and there will be sacrifices, and I will not get to walk in the graduation ceremony or attend milestones at RHS, but I will be able to learn in an environment that is not intent on punishing me daily for my skin color and political views. Now, regardless of how you take my speech, whether you just shrug it off as malarkey or Fox News talking points, <laughs> I encourage you to think about it, because someday I'm going to be a leader. I may be the president, a governor, or just a professional golfer, but I will never stop believing that everybody has value, no matter their skin color or personal beliefs, and it's a shame that you're not going to be able to say that I was an alumni of RHS in District Oak Tree, you're in my way. There's too much coke and too much smoke. Look what's going on inside you Alright, here we go again. Uh, thank you for listening. And I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, there's some, I just stumble across, as you do, I'm sure, sources of information that is alternative news from the uh, propaganda news, right? Communist Chinese news, CNN, right? Communist network news. And uh, one is natural news. And the guy named Mike Adams is called the Health Ranger. And he talks on his podcast, Top 10 Reasons to Take the COVID Vaccine. Normally, you'd hear Mike Adams talking about how bad it is. It's, and he's being sarcastic. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go over a few of the things that he's talking about. And he's getting right to the, the nuts and bolts of the issue. He says in Natural News, I admit that I've made quite an assumption this, this entire time in warning people about the dangers of the COVID vaccines, so, so to speak, vaccines, the shot. My assumption was that people wanted to live, have healthier babies, and experience life without suffering. You know something? He, he couldn't say it. I couldn't say it any better than that. But that's what I thought as well. You just explain things to people and they would come right around, but they don't. There's like a spirit of stupid. There's like a veil covering the eyes of people. It's demonic is what it is. He says it turns out that that was an incorrect assumption for a great many people. And I'll say, and how to that? People are posting smiling faces and little frames around their head. I got the vaccine. I got both shots. He says, not everybody thinks their life is important enough to spare. Some people truly want to die, often in the name of some fanatical belief. Many people who worship Gaia, G-A-I-A, -A, for example, that's like uh, uh, types of witchcraft. People who worship Gaia, for example, the god, 
G-O-D, small g, entity of planet Earth. They worship the Earth, right? Would, rather, would happily sacrifice themselves in the name of halting climate change. There's people like that, folks. A spike protein injection gives them a very easy way to achieve that. With one swift prick, they can die knowing they've helped save the planet. So, so you have these Wiccans, which are people that worship Gaia, that may want to devote them, their lives to saving the planet. And so they can by just taking, and, and they'll probably get it for free. Get a couple pricks from uh, toxic metals and corpses from aborted babies and monkeys. Other people, he says, want to worship transhumanism and ultimately discard their biological body and have the mind their mind uploaded into machines. You didn't even know that was possible, but it is. Destroying their body with a bioweapon injection only reinforces their belief that biology is bad and silicone is good. Sadly, transhumanism is an illusion and will never work, which means these people are just committing suicide under the delusion of silicon redemption. Next, some women who are carrying a child they don't want, but but don't necessarily want to go through the trouble of having an abortion, have probably figured out that a COVID vaccine injection has an 82% chance of causing a spontaneous abortion. I just talked to a lady uh, the other day, young married woman, and wanted some ideas on adopting because she didn't think she could have children because she hadn't become pregnant again after having a a miscarriage, an early on miscarriage. She um, had a spontaneous loss of her baby. So if, if you're pregnant and you want to not go through the whole abortion thing, what he's saying is that by injecting, getting the injection of, of the COVID injections, it, it raises your odds to 82% of being able to spontaneously abort the child. Is that amazing or what? That really, I was shocked. This is called abortion by vaccine approach. Next, government workers who want lifelong stimulus checks may have figured out that a vaccine injury could put them on permanent disability benefits. Now, don't try this if you're not in government because your insurance is not going to cover this. Permanent disability benefits in the form of payments from government. Now, if you try to sue the government for malpractice, it probably take you beyond the days you're here on Earth. But if a government employee goes after them, maybe they're going to get some money. He says easy money, right? The only that this only lasts as long as the fiat currency debt bomb remains intact, of course, which is probably not going to be the case for much longer. Next in all, there are a surprising number of reasons why people sane or otherwise might deliberately choose to be vaccinated with a potentially deadly spike protein that might harm or kill them. And uh, 
on on his situation update podcast. Which covers all a lot of very serious subjects about COVID. He says the magnetism phenomenon. Look, check this out. You've seen uh, d- different people after taking the the COVID thing, how they became magnetic and stuck different things that were metal to their body. I don't know whether that's true or not, but the, he said the magnetism ph- phenomenon in vaccinated people and how five G could promote electrophoresis that kills people by driving chemicals into their cells. Now, all these things have been understood for a long time. The media does not want to talk about it. The media doesn't want to talk about it. It's amazing to me how many people wouldn't go out and buy drugs on the street, straight people, but they would go down and let somebody inject them with an experimental vaccine that hasn't even been through any animal studies. And the only study that's being done is on real human beings right now. And it's going to kill millions of people. Now I ran into this, which I thought was good. You're hearing a lot of talk about critical race theory. And um, there's a book that was written by Michael Horowitz, who was a former uh Weatherman underground radical and then got out of it and got converted. Um, so he's talking about the critical race theory, wrote a book about it, and everybody is raving about the book. And the book is called The Dark or Dark Agenda, just two words Dark Agenda. And Horowitz is a great writer, and so. A lot of people are interested in it. So it includes talks about the critical race theory. Now, I want to spend some time on this because you think, oh, well, they're just it's the ongoing argument of racism and blacks and all that stuff. And he says in a nutshell, Horowitz says it critical race theory or CRT claims that people who are white and from European backgrounds have succeeded because of color and they have oppressed people of color. Thus, people of color have been wronged, and if they fight back in any way, then they are morally right. In other words, if blacks break windows, burn up cars, trash build buildings, beat up people, shoot people, they're still morally right because something happened to them sometime. Make no mistake about it, Adam says, the left's anti-Christian and anti-Semite Agenda. Now, if you wonder what anti-Semite means, that just means anti-Jewish. Is being ramped up dramatically, and it's frightening, he said. Think about it. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, actually banned private home Bible studies while okaying mass BLM protests and worse. This is sickening. This is a sickening violation of religious freedom. Why? Well, there's a very famous Jewish author and thinker who has an answer. And he's referring to uh, David Horowitz. The author claims it has nothing to do with COVID-19, has nothing to do with the race. It has everything to do with the power grab by the left to systematically dismantle religion and banish God. 
from the lips, minds, and hearts of the faithful. This will make a lot of sense to you as we progress down here. Next, he says, remove his holy name from our civil society, even destroying religious symbols and artifacts along the way. Think about this. The media was so proud of tens of thousands of BLM pro protesters last year who uh, trashed our cities. And yet in San Francisco and Roman Catholic archdiocese, uh, in San Francisco, the, San, the Catholic diocese was slapped with a cease and desist order saying some churches violated a local ban on large outdoor gatherings. That's a, that's a criminal order. Under critical race theory, the BLM protests are good, considered good, even if they violate public health orders. But if Christians want to meet and pray, ah, no, 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 no. That's bad. That's evil. But it gets worse. The singing and chanting in churches was banned. Remember that? To forbid singing in a church is morally reprehensible. That is how we petition heaven, said one evangelical minister. Churches are still oppressed, some barely clinging to life, close to financial ruin. They may never recover. If churches and synagogues are draining financially, they can't reach out into the community to feed the hungry, clothe the poor, and help those drowning in a sea of debt and despair. Unable to worship, to attend worship service, people are becoming disconnected and distanced from the faith. This is the war on Christianity, and this is exactly what the left has dreamed about for decades. Everything you need to know is exposed inside David Horowitz's runaway bestseller. dark agenda. Uh, first, you should know that David Horowitz is not a Christian guy. He is a Jew, but he calls it like he sees it, and he sees deeply troubled. Uh, he's deeply troubled about what's going on. You may remember uh, these incidences in the near past. Bill Maher shouting death to religion on national TV. Monuments in Washington whitewashed of God and prayer. Religious crosses confiscated. Linton ashes on children's foreheads being scrubbed off at school. In other words, the parents put it on so they could go to school for Lent. The teacher didn't like it and rubbed it off. Prayer in school being ruled unconstitutional overnight actually it was in the 60s and there's been many articles written about it by conservatives saying since that time this many people have been abused by molesters and murderers and all the statistics it's horrible whether he says whether you do or don't remember any of these of, of the above please keep reading this is serious stuff our faith and our ability to worship freely is in serious jeopardy if you're a person of faith, this directly impacts you, your family, your friends, your loved ones, and it's terrifying. Every day, the writing on the wall becomes clearer. It says here, hatred is growing in our national, in our state, uh, or excuse me, in our nation towards Jews and Christians being spread like wildfire. Why? What is behind the evil movement? Everything, says Horowitz, you need to know is laid out by by him in his best-selling book, Dark Agenda. 
When Horowitz first set out to write this book, he planned on writing a book about a possible coming persecution against Christians. But then Horowitz was shocked to discover something dark and evil. Horrifically, the persecution had already begun. And his, his book was right in the midst of being finished. Dark Agenda has rocked the media and the political world. I have not r read it, <clears throat> but I'm going to get me a copy. Tucker Carlson said he couldn't put the book down. Tucker said, you must read this disturbing but vital book. Mike Huckabee has urged every Christian to get and read the book. He said the book was the best one he'd ever written defending Christians, and it was written by a Jew. Glenn Beck reports Dark Agenda reveals a dangerous situation we all face today. Horowitz uncovered the roots of this hateful, deadly movement and put it all in this new book. Dark Agenda, the war to destroy Christian America. That's what we're really talking about, people. We're not talking about a vaccine or they're not worried about your health. This, this injection is likely to kill a majority of the people getting it. I'm just looking down here. I don't want to read everything he says. A recent headline in CBS News is U.S. moving into dangerous phases, anti-Semitic incidents surge. That would be Christians even under that group. So that's some um, the highlights. Um, Horowitz names Obama, Hillary, and the big media push pushing the secular agenda. There are new ones now on the on the uh, White House lawn: Biden, Kamala Harris, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, er, Edward or Andrew Cuomo. They want a godless society. They do not want God involved. Okay. As Horowitz explains, President Trump has been at the very epicenter of this battle between the forces of good and evil right here in America. And Hor Horowitz says President Trump out of office will actually be a bigger threat and a bigger target for the far left. We must fight back and our children and generations to come will live in fear of expressing their faith. All right, I'm going to leave that and just uh, let you just cogitate on that, see whether you're going to stand up. There's been all kinds of equity talk in the Marysville Joint Unified School System. I got to read some of it in memos that were being sent back and forth. And uh, I know a teacher in the elementary school system at, at – uh, Marysville Joint Unified School District, and he's been feeding me information uh, that is indicates the entire race theory is a total lie. Let me jump down here and see if I can find it really quick for you. Oh, here we got I got it in a newspaper right here. So here's what happened. This is what's happening. 
you don't hear anything about it. You don't see any articles about it. But I got this out of the Epoch Times, E-P-O-C-H Times. It's a great weekly newspaper, and there's so much in it, you couldn't read it in a day anyway. The headlines in the Epoch Times says, California teacher moves to Florida after exposing critical race theory and ethnic studies. Now, if you don't think that free speech is gone, the reason she already made a provision to move was that they would get rid of her out of the school district. So her name is Cali, K-A-L-I, Fontania, uh, Fontania, F-O-N-T-A-N-I-L-L-A, former teacher at Rancho San Juan High School in Salinas, California. She moved to Florida after speaking out against critical race theory and Black Lives Matter. She looks to me to be a light-skinned black. Or she maybe had some Mexican in her. But anyway, she's a good teacher. So um, she, she called the, told the Epoch Times that she has taught in the state of California for about 15 years, but left her teaching position at Rancho San Juan High School in Salinas and moved to Florida this year be, be, uh, after being threatened and bullied. Do you remember when we used to teach classes on bullying to children? And now we have children bullying and teachers bullying. After we spent all this money and all these special teachers going around and talking about bullying. And now uh, we have the school and, and peer pressure bullying somebody that has a different uh, view on this. So uh, she moved to Florida this year after being threatened and bullied on social media for opposing critical race theory components in the ethnic studies program and denouncing the group Black Lives Matter. In other words, folks, it doesn't matter what ethnicity she is. She's got a good brain on her on her shoulders. Huh. We're already out of time. Second clip. Okay, let me get it dialed in here. So I'm going to Somewhere, somehow, somebody must have kicked you around some. Tell me why you want to lay there, revel in your abandon. Three questions for the Black Lives Matter protesters, a protest movement that's sweeping the globe. My questions are this. Number one, why do Black Lives Matter more when a white person is involved? Why is it that during the weekend prior to the death of George Floyd, 10 individuals were shot down, murdered in Chicago at the hands of other black individuals, but nothing was said? And yet when a white person was involved, there are protests all over the globe. There was a gentleman shot trying to protect a store from looters and rioters. He was shot dead where he stood, lay bleeding out on the sidewalk, and no one seemed to care. Why do black lives matter more when a white person is involved? My second question is, what is it you're actually asking for? What do you want and why do you want it? You can say black lives matter. You can shout systemic racism. You can give me all the sort of repeated platitudes, but none of them are actually telling me what you want. If racism is so systemic, did it only start since Trump was in power? Is it only systemic 
for four or five years? Or does it happen in Obama's time? If so, where were you then? What is it you're asking for? If I asked 10 of you, I'd get 10 different answers. And finally, of course, many BAME individuals have been demanding the release of a report into coronavirus deaths. Four times the amount of BAME individuals are impacted or have died because of coronavirus. So if you were part of that, demanding that report, hashtag you clap for me now, worrying about deaths of BAME individuals, how is it you're now out protesting in your thousands, stood next to each other, rioting, looting, without a mask, no social distancing. Either you did care before or you didn't. Either your Democrat mayors wanted you locked down for your safety or actually now they're applauding you riots. Maybe there wasn't a problem in the first place. Why is it if BAME deaths are higher now, today, you don't care about that anymore? Three simple questions and I'm not expecting an answer to any of them anytime soon. Loudoun County had already become ground zero for a number of national debates, mainly because parents are making noise. A warning, what you're about to hear is offensive. Every time she made too much noise, I'd walk in and kick her. Jasper wasn't even my boyfriend, just this dude I did some hacking with once in a while. It's okay. It's cool. This is what girls do at parties. Those jaw-dropping words read by mothers from books recommended to students in Loudoun County Public Schools. Now a move to recall some school board members may be gaining steam. Ian Pryor says the Loudoun County School Board is abusing its power. But when it comes to parents that want answers to what their kids are being taught or not taught in school, they, ha they have no answers. Pryor is among a growing number of frustrated parents forming the Fight for Schools Political Action Committee. We're going to talk about the need for change in the Loudoun County School Board. Collecting about 2,500 signatures so far aimed at unseating several board members, accused of using a secret Facebook page to target parents who oppose them. They're looking to push material or, or thoughts into a school system and less focus on you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic. School board meetings often boiling over. Last week, several angry moms took it up a notch, shocking the crowd by holding up signs and reading aloud sexually explicit passages from books on the high school reading list. Another word of warning, what you're about to hear is offensive. I grab her by the neck and start punching her. He had a big and sometimes a girl just needs a big His pants around his ankles squeezed between April's straddled legs as she lay on top of a teacher's desk. How did we get these un unacceptable topics? Well, one, you didn't follow your procurement policies when you bought $1.8 million worth of these trash books. Interim Superintendent Scott Ziegler declined CBN's request for an interview. The only school board member who answered our calls told CBN she could not speak for other members, but that she did not read the material in question, nor are members required to do so. On another sensitive subject, the district denies Loudoun's so-called equity plan is a disguise for getting critical race theory into classrooms. This mother, though, doesn't buy it. CRT is racist. It is abusive. It discriminates against one's color. We don't want your political advertisement to divide our children or belittle them. Ziegler describes the district's equity priorities as an effort to provide a welcoming, inclusive, affirming environment for all students. Meanwhile, Pryor is hoping backlash here will also inspire other communities to fight back. This country was founded on the ability of people to disagree. 
And what we're seeing in Loudoun County Public Schools is that there is no room for disagreement with their agenda. Recall efforts are rarely successful in Virginia, most failing to get the required signatures or getting dismissed by the judge for insufficient evidence. But Pryor believes these board members are in for a rude awakening. past two or three weeks, including this week, of parents, uh, mainly the parents have been other ethnicities other than European white. And uh, they have been speaking to school boards saying they're not putting up with this. And and what they're doing is deceiving people. And what this is, is, is teaching Marxism. And... Uh, so what happens when they close those doors uh, is uh, those teachers can do whatever they want and get away with it. And that's what's happening. And this lady has some integrity, this Callie Fontania, who has already left. She resigned. She spoke out and already had a job lined up in Florida and moved, just packed up and moved. Uh, so it says in recent years, CRT has gained support among left-wing activist groups, academia, and some uh, government representatives, but many other activists, intellectuals, and parents of schools, children are increasingly speaking out against CRT. Some uh, uh, some nations or some na- uh, states have already outlawed it. So, um, oh, by the way, if you if you left, you should stop using Wikipedia. I call it Sickopedia because now all the uh, the articles are being written by proge- progressives. CRT says was originally developed from critical legal studies, which formed in the 1970s. Uh, The Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy uh, said critical theories are largely rooted in ideas inspired by Marxism, which stated objectives such as explaining what is wrong with current social reality and providing achievable practical goals for social transformation. So mainly the CRT today is describing a struggle between white people and all the other flavors. Uh, So in a 2015 interview with Jared Ball of Real News, Patrice Cullors, C-U-L-L-O-R-S, who is one of the founders of Black Lives Matters and now has ended up leaving the organization under pressure and has bought numerous homes around the world from her millions of dollars uh, that part of it was what you donated. Um, She says, we actually do have an ideological framework. Myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. We are trained Marxists, she said. For more than a year, Fontanilla said that she noticed California schools completely embraced BLM without questioning it. And it looks to me, as I mentioned earlier, that Fontanilla may be a light-skinned black. Fontania said one of the ethnic studies lessons from her school asked students to rank their privilege and divide themselves into groups of oppressors and oppressed. It just, it's nonsense, people. And uh, it should be illegal to teach this thing. 
Uh, Patrice Cullors abruptly resigned from BLM Global Network Foundation in May in the wake of allegations that she had spent $3.2 million to purchase four homes across the country since 2016. Uh, so all kinds of people are speaking out against this. What can you do? I don't know whether you can do anything. The local school board is not going to is probably not going to have the backbone to stand up against this. So your options are get your kids out of out of the school. And there's so many things wrong with the school system. At some point, you know, it's kind of like when you have a used car and you think, well, should I keep fixing it or should I just get another car? And at some point, uh, if a car has a lot of problems, you're better off getting rid of that car and starting with a newer model. And so that's what's happening is we have a completely corrupt school system that is teaching all kinds of things behind those closed doors about transgenderism, uh, homosexuality, uh, how to have sex uh, in various ways, homosexual sex, heterosexual sex, reading books that are sexually loaded uh, at young ages, and uh, teaching that we evolved from apes. I mean, on and on and on. It's just complete nonsense so thank god for teachers that are willing to stand up and uh pack their bags and leave and so i think that's terrific i had i thought i had another article i was going to read from but uh maybe i'll wait on that oh here's one this is disconnected so again in the epoch times so the enrollment for this year's school is down 13% in preschool kindergarten. Now that's a, that's very significant people. Now either people are just uh, not having the babies. We have a baby dearth or we have a situation where uh, we have an entire meltdown where people are just keeping their kids out of school. They're saying, our kid's been out of school for a year. Why? I don't want to put them in now. So uh, pre-K saw a 22% decrease. Kindergarten enrollment fell by 9%. Grades 1 through 8 experienced a 3% drop, and grades 9 through 12 saw enrollment rise by 0.4 tenths of a percent that's almost a half of one percent the figures are preliminary and the final results will come out this coming spring since they kind of fall lag behind the fact is people are just fed up and they and i'm telling you as soon as alternatives spring up throughout the throughout the country and we're working on one here locally in yuba sutter counties we want to start a high not a high school but an uh a k through 10 the reason we say, why, why would you leave out those last two grades? No, we're not leaving them out. We're just, we're going to teach all that material in K through 10 and graduate them in the 10th grade and let them go out and flap their wings and get it on in life instead of wasting all their time and the money. So, uh, so that's it. There, there's a, a bailing on the public school system uh, that should get your attention. Now, the cancel culture that we're experiencing at this time, uh, and they've been trying to do it on me and shutting me down because I said that uh, 
the government officials, right on down to the health officers, should be tried for crimes against humanity, for all the deaths, mutilations, cripples, uh, heart attacks, brain aneurysms. They keep endorsing stuff that's not sick. I mean, that's not that's not good for you. They keep endorsing sick ideas. So uh, anyway, one of the first guys that got, you, you know, you see people come and go in, in jobs and TV and, and you think, oh, I wonder why they left. And oh, I guess he decided to retire. Right. But really what really happened, if you remember about Jay Leno, I used to play his clips on my radio show years ago. Jay Leno was the top nighttime comedian and who had a show his own show every night. And, uh, but because his com- comedy was criticizing Obama every night, Obama didn't like it and considered a racist attack on him after data came to light that hundreds of millions had been spent on first family vacations. In other words, Obama vacations during a recession, Mrs. Obama's unpopular new laws that changed food in America's schools and other negative news Involving the disaster Obama rollout and website mess. You remember that Obamacare mess? Whoa, baby. Leno took his comedy to a new level and his ratings went through the roof. None of the other comics had the backbone to stand up like Leno. And Leno uh, then found resistance in NBC. It's the same thing I told the new owner of KMYC. Nice guy, Ernie Friesen. And I said, Ernie, if when the heat starts and they, people complain about me to you, it's fine with me. If you want to fire me, let me go, put the end the program, no problem. But this is what's happening throughout the nation, and as long as we let it happen, it'll happen more. So, uh, NBC couldn't stomach the fact that Leno's jokes about Obama were always right on target about the first black president and left-leaning Democrats who are executives at NBC. They had been harassed by president Obama himself who thought it was a racist attack on him. Let me give you some examples of his, his jokes and, and why he had to go. He said, I was going to start off tonight with Obama joke, but I don't want to get audited by the IRS. How true is that? There's always an element in tr- of truth in good comedy. On, a new, on the new IRS commissioner, Leno said he's called the acting commissioner because he has to act like the scandal didn't ever involve the White House itself. On enclosing Guantanamo prison for terrorists, he, Leno said, if he really th- wants to close it, turn it into a government-funded solar power company, the doors will be shut in about a month. He's referring to the Solinda Group that hustled hundreds of millions of dollars from the U.S. taxpayers and then closed their business right after they got the money, just walked away from the whole thing. Total ripoff. He said the doors, if you... He said, if, if you want to turn it into a government-funded power company, the doors will be shut in a month. And they were. Concerning the Benghazi-associated press and IRS scandals, 
Remember in the old days when President Obama's big embarrassment was Joe Biden? On saying he didn't know about the IRS scandal, remember this, Obama said, this is just shocking to me. He was too busy not knowing anything about Benghazi to not knowing anything about the IRS. The White House has a new slogan about Benghazi, said Leno. Hope and change the subject. All right, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna keep going on that. There's a lot more to it about Leno, but eventually Leno was uh, told his time was up, and uh, he his his humor was just too bitter for the liberals. So this this person this person writes. To all liberals who have been calling Trump Hitler for the last four years, Trump never censored free speech, but you did. Trump never used the media to silence his political opposition, but you did. Trump never threatened to take the people's guns, but you did. Trump never threatened to put people that disagreed with him politically into re-education camps, but you are. Next one says, when the state shuts down millions of private businesses but doesn't lay off a single government employee, it's never about your health. When the state bans dentists or dental visits because they're unsafe but deems abortion visits safe, it's not about your health. When the state prevents you from buying cucumber seeds for your garden, because it's dangerous, but allows in-person purchases of lottery tickets. It's not about your health. When the state tells you it's dangerous to go golf alone, fish alone, or be in a motorboat alone, but the governor can get his stage makeup done and hair done for five TV appearances a week, and it's not about his, his health or your health. I always loved the old military photos. I mean, real ones, not just pose, posing, but action. There's a photo here of about 20 Nazi Germans during World War II, and they are set up kind of in a very slight half circle, about 20 of them. In front of them, there are five, there are six, People of various ages maybe could depict one family, an extended family with a couple of grandmas. And you can see by the shot that the, the camera, the, uh, the taking of the photo happened right as they were squeezing off the trigger. So in some cases, you could see the smoke coming out the end of the gun. And in the other cases, you could see the people's puffs in their body as they got hit and the smoke came off their body these people were assassinated a firing squad and it says at the bottom of this photo after they took their guns away and then what happened castro murdered a hundred thousand unarmed citizens hitler murdered six million unarmed citizens stalin murdered 50 million unarmed citizens 
Mao murdered 60 million unarmed citizens. And that's a conservative estimate. That's communism for you. I had never seen this. But uh, in in some of the Baltic states, uh, Lithuania, Estonia, and Latvia, who were forced to join the Soviet Union or being defeated, run over. And on August 23rd, 1989, and at that time, the Soviet Union was deciding, making a huge decision to maybe shut down the Soviet Union as we know it and allow the countries to return to their own culture and their own ways. So that's how we ended up going from Soviet Union to Russia. Russia was the original name of the country that was filled with people that were ethnically Russian. That's different than... uh, And they spoke Russian. Different than this country, way different. So there's a picture, an aerial picture of two free, two freeways coming and going, two lanes going, two lanes coming, with a very large median strip in the middle of grass. And cars were parked along the frontage road going, and people were starting, walked across into this grass median strip and, and caught oncoming traffic. Um by standing in a way that their signs could be read and and their protests could be uh, represented. So what these people did that day, because there was a sense that the Soviet Union was going to collapse, and if it did, that means the communist parties in all these small little countries that are like run by like county supervisors that just do what the bosses upstairs say to do. And so this is a great picture. It shows these people standing in single a single line, hand-to-hand, arm-to-arm, holding on to each other. Now, I've seen life chains before or protest chains or stuff where you stand up along a roadway or whatever, and we've done it here in Yuba City, Marysville, where we stood up uh, opposing abortion. And maybe if you got, you know, 800 people, 1,500 people, 2,000 people over the years. That was pretty cool. But on August 23rd, 1989, 2 million people from these three countries, Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania, formed a human chain and joined the three countries to show the, the, the world his desire to get rid of the Soviet Union and communism that only brought misery and poverty wherever transmitted the stream of people the chain of people spread for 600 kilometers I want you to think about that 600 kilometers incredible move against the left incredible moves against the left are erased at all costs in our history in other words Protest, BLM protests will be over on every page you look at. But when you see a demonstration, peaceful demonstration of families crossing three different nations, that's a huge, a huge statement. Huge statement. 
Okay, so I'm going to... Uh, Again, this is another article out of Natural, Natural News. You might be able to subscribe to it. A guy named Mike Adams runs it. And he talks about government docu- document instructs vaccine strike force teams on how to clear buildings, violate press, trespass laws, and flag anti-vaxxers for forced quarantines. In other words, if you don't want to take the thing, you refuse to take the deal, then they're going to put a flag in your notation that you're a you're a resistor so we're getting close to taking a break right now we're going to take a break at halfway point of the show and we're going to be right back been intrigued by um, the national spelling bee. I saw an article in the New York Times um, right before the finals of the spelling bee. And interestingly, right on the uh, front page, there was a picture of all the finalists. Um, take, uh, take a look. Now, kind of interesting, isn't it? First of all, you see a sea of faces. Uh, and it seems pretty obvious that virtually all of them are, are immigrants or the children of immigrants. And specifically, there's a ridiculously large number of people who look like me, which is to say uh, Asian Indians. Now, interestingly, Asian Indians have dominated the spelling bee here in the United States for the last 25 years. Since um, about 1998, uh, Indians win just about every year. It's almost an embarrassment because there's such a small percentage of Indians in the country. But this year, as it turns out, it just came out that the winner was African American, and there's a huge hoopla of publicity, and it's you know it's almost creepy because the the excitement on the part of the media that a 13 uh, year old girl Zaila Avant Garde of Louisiana that she won is almost reflects a certain type of racism because kind of like a black kid won. We can't believe it. They're 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 just so beside themselves. It's almost as if um, it's almost as if we're watching an Olympic race. And, you know, it's a very familiar sight. There are like, you know, 17 blacks in the finals and then like one puny Indian guy. And the Indian guy wins. Everyone's like, what? The Indian guy beat them. What? So this, this sense of shock uh, that um, a black girl kind of whooped the Indians uh, is the dominating tone of the coverage. But the question I want to get at that's really interesting is, why is it the case that you've got this kind of Asian Indian dominance of the spelling bee? This is the big question. It's not the, the issue of the exception. It's the issue of the rule. And here's an article in CNN almost preparing for, um, you know, a very similar result as earlier years. It goes, 
what a more equal spelling bee can do for kids. And this is, again, kind of inspired by all the rhetorical, uh, you know, bombast of critical race theory, written, by the way, by Shalini Shankar, a professor of anthropology and Asian American studies at Northwestern. I'm just going to read a couple of sentences because you'll get the picture right away. Quote, the roots of the spelling bee are in standardizing American English as part of the settler colonial project of American nation building. And a little further on, the emphasis on American English monolingualism amidst a plurality of Native American and European languages spoken at the turn of the 20th century was intentionary, intentionally exclusionary. So basically what you're getting here is it's almost like a liberal professor goes, well, listen, we've got to kind of prepare for another Asian Indian to win and for the blacks and Hispanics to come out of the back. So let's let's give a preemptive explanation of why uh, essentially the spelling bee itself is racist. Now, the truth of it is the spelling bee is not racist. Uh, and in fact, it's harder for people from other countries to win because they often come here not knowing the language. Um, that's not true, by the way, of the Asian Indians. Most of them do know the language. Um, so is it genes or is it culture? Well, I think that the one thing we have to remember is part of what drives all this is the selectivity of the immigration process. When people come to this country, they're not typical of the people in their own countries. They're typically, they're generally smarter, uh, they're more hardworking, they're more entrepreneurial. And so obviously their children are going to be that way too um, and are also going to be raised that way. So that's one factor that's driving uh, this. And the second is, is culture. Uh, a Stanford um, anthropologist named Dornbush several years ago did a study in which he compared the study habits of uh, whites, blacks, Hispanics, and Asian Americans. And here's what he found. On average, the Asian American students sp spend 12 to 14 hours a week in study outside of school. Uh, for black kids, it was about eight hours. For ha Hispanic and black kids, it averaged two to four hours. Well, wait a minute. Right there, you see the reason for why some groups are doing better than others. It's not because the curriculum is racist. It's not because math is linear. It's not because spelling is exclusionary and part of a settler colonial project. It's because by and large, you've got one group, the Asian Americans that have closer intact families. And even though they have socioeconomic deprivation, they encourage their, their kids and they make their kids study harder, work harder, and then success in school and in the spelling bee is the inevitable result. Oh, hi. Have you or a loved one had a baby recently? We hate to say this, but you might have just brought a white supremacist into the world. Don't worry though, we're here to help. It's important to always look for clues of racist tendencies in your newborn so that you can nip that in the bud. Here are five troubling signs that your baby might be a white supremacist. Sign number one, he's white, which automatically makes him a racist. If your newborn is white, then sorry, it's game over. Your baby will be irredeemably racist forever. Sad. Sign number two, your baby has no hair, which is a common neo-Nazi hairstyle. Is your baby a skinhead? Having no hair is a colossal red flag. Here's a big one. Shows his white fragility by crying all the time. Crying is a sure sign of defensiveness and a fear of honest conversations around race. Not good. Four. Your baby refuses to say Black Lives Matter. Seriously, what is so hard about saying Black Lives Matter? If instead he says things like Goo Goo Gaga, this is even more troubling. The phrase Goo Goo Gaga has 10 letters in it. 
Do you know what else has 10 letters in it? Heil Hitler. Five, your baby shows colorblindness by playing with other kids regardless of their race. But here's the kicker, colorblindness is racist. Minorities need their own separate spaces without white invaders. Decolonize your playtime, mom and dad. If you remain vigilant, you may play a part in preventing another baby from becoming a racist. Uh, unless he's white, of course. There's nothing you can do about that. So there's been talk about the government. I think the president has actually said this. The government is going to go door to door. People are nervous about that. In other words, what are you going to do? Can you refuse the vaccine, the shot, the changing of your DNA? And so uh, I've been hearing a lot of stuff, but there's been uh, out of Lake County, Illinois. There's Lake County, California, but this Lake County, Illinois, uh, some of the documents, the training documents of volunteers, or they're not necessarily not getting paid. They're just not health department. They're not nurses. They're not medical people, but they're sending these people out to nose into your vaccine history or medical history and try to force you to, um, to take the vaccine. So it's called a community health ambassador outreach door knocking project. So ridiculous. And uh, so let, let me tell you generally what it does. It, it violates no soliciting restrictions, like when you put a no soliciting up on your house. They just tell, they actually told the people in training to just ignore that, to illegally trespass on, your, on somebody else's property. Now, there are documents to serve these people from Chris Ann Hall, K R I S. A-N-N-E, Hall, chrisannhall.com, I believe. And uh, she will, uh, on her website, it may, may not, you may not even have to talk to her, but I had a link on her website where you could download uh, the explanation and then download the form you fill out to serve these people. So also it encouraged people to impersonate health department officials and attempt to intimidate building managers into consenting to allow entry for the strike force teams. They're called a strike force team. So we're talking about apartment managers, that type of thing, right? Then they are going to lie to the public and falsely claim that COVID vaccines are safe by withholding information about serious vaccine side effects, including hospitalizations and deaths. Can anybody remember mass massive hospitalizations, crippling and deaths from a vaccine in, in your past? I can't. This, this training also taught them how to clear buildings in a military fashion, going floor to floor, wing to wing, knocking on doors and intimidating residents of apartment buildings and residential units. Next, recording, they want you all the, the addresses to be recorded that they go to. And you know what kind of information they want? 
They want to know whether you are an anti-vaxxer because anti-vaxxers are coloring outside the lines. So they're going to record the locations of anti-vaxxers in order to feed the information into a government database for further actions. Now, if you've ever said, hey, I don't want the federal government to have all kinds of medical stuff. So the anti-vaxxers, in order to feed this information to government database for further action, most likely uh, forced quarantine removal. You know, all these things that they had you do, every single one of them was ridiculous and and totally off base. Not go to school. Stay in your house. Wear a mask. Wash your hands incessantly. It's called medical kidnapping. That's another term. It's called medical kidnapping, and they, they need to be held accountable accountable for it. Jen Psaki, the White House spokesperson, announced last week that Biden Biden's operation would actively go door to door in strike forces to coerce people into getting vaccinated. I just think it's criminal. Totally criminal. All right. Some people think there are already 50,000 COVID deaths. You know that? From the vaccine, not from illness. I was looking, listening to a, um, a great guy. I don't know whether I've got it. Got it. Uh, I'm not going to play the clip. It's too long for here. I just can't remember. I just can't remember. Well, I'm going to talk about COVID here in a minute, but I'm going to, uh, I want to go back here and get, get on to something that I want to talk about. Let me see. I want to talk a little bit about gaslighting and, um, let me see if I can, my, my printer didn't work this week and, um, Oh, can't find this. Anyway, I couldn't I couldn't print out some of the helps that keeps me tracking straight, and um, so I just uh, I'm I'm kind of flailing away trying to get the lineup straight here that I wanted to do, but I think I'll find it in just a second. Feel be patient with me. Do you know what the uh, the phrase gaslighting actually means? Uh, I think most people did not, and I'm going to tell you where it kind of came from, and uh, it will probably, it will shock you if I can find it here. Okay. 
I know it's here. Let me go over here. I'm going to take a break here in a minute, and I'll, I'll get that gaslighting article. I want to talk uh, uh, a minute about a local issue, but it, it could be affecting you also in your area. What happens is when politicians run out of money uh, through the normal means, which is legislative means, uh, in California, Prop 13, Proposition 13 passed by the taxpayers by huge margin in the 1970s. Uh, it limited, it, it, it prescribed for assessors how that properties were supposed to be established and a value, a value would be established and how often you could raise the rates to get more taxes. So legislatively, there's a system on how people, uh, how the government gets more money out of your pocket. So Prop 13 uh, it stated very succinctly and then, uh, when people tried to get loopholes, there were other proposition passed. So Prop 13 started, then there was Prop 218. I think there was one more proposition, but it tightened any kind of loophole where the government could take more of your money. So what you find is that government are thieves. And uh, the Bartholomew brothers that lived in Wheatland, California many years ago now, uh, they are libertarians. Their their parents are military parents. Uh, Dad works, I think, in the, uh, the U2 program or something. But they are libertarians. And the boys, I think one of them, I don't know, they're, they're probably in college age. They they made a, uh, a, post, a large banner, and they went out on one of the overpasses uh, over – Highway 65 or Highway 70, either one, by uh, Marysville in Yuba County. And they held up the, the banner, and it said simply this, taxes are theft. That's it. Didn't say, I hate the county council. Didn't say, I hate the county health officer. Didn't say, I hate the supervisors. I'm going to kill them. It just said taxes, the philosophical remark, the statement, taxes are theft. The sheriff's deputy showed up, and because they there was a chain-link fence to keep people from jumping over the edge onto the road below, the because they had it kind of hung on that fence to so they wouldn't have to wear out their arms, they arrested them. The kids, uh, they, they weren't kids, they were young adults, they... They opposed, they resisted the arrest. They didn't resist the officers, but they got arrested. And they they got an attorney and they went to court. Amazingly, this is just still amazes me today, that the sheriff's department would have made an arrest on that, number one. Number two, that the, because I've been in many deals where we stood on overpasses or in life chains and down roadways and held abortion is 
killing a baby or whatever. And this was just said taxes or theft. They suppressed their free speech and and they won in Yuba County Court. They being the system won in Yuba County Court. The system lost, but they filed an action and they won against these brothers. And that and that's exactly the brothers were telling the truth. Taxes are theft. Now, uh, there's a guy that writes books for children that have uh, a value system in the books, the Tuttle Twins. And he says, never mistake the fact when when somebody takes somebody else's money and gives it away to somebody else that it's an act of charity. It is not an act of charity when the government takes a lot of your money and gives it away from people who do not want to work like you do. So here's what's happened. Uh, public policy can have negative, real negative results. For instance, when voters in the state of California chose to reduce the penalties on theft, for instance, the difference between a felony and a misdemeanor, one being minor and one being major type of crime, a felony being a major type of crime. And it used to be back in the day that if you took something that was worth more than a $500, that would be a felony and uh, a stealing felony. And so when the, when the uh, citizens got deceived by the propagandist artists and they, they let, they raised the, the rate to $950 before you could be cited as, as a felon. So that what that did then is common criminals knew that they could walk out with all kinds of stuff and never get a felony. So it was a win-win situation for the criminal. He did the crime and normally would get away from, do you realize that most people that get caught, it isn't their first time. They've done like 50, 60, 70, 100 times, 200 times stealing. And so, but but the incentive for people to do this was that there was no real punishment. So back in 2018, late 17, 2018, there had been... There were discussions rumored at the Yuba County Board of Supervisors that they were going to add a 1% sales tax on top of, that would be a local tax, added on top of the 7.25 or whatever it was back then, sales tax. And uh, and so Prop 13 said if you want to ask for more taxes, you have to do it in a prescribed fashion. Example. If you want to prescribe, if you want a particular tax and it's for, say, the baseball team, you, you want to have a minor league baseball team and all that money that's going to be taxed must go to the baseball team. And, uh, but if you don't want it to go to the baseball team and you want it to just go wherever, then the amount of votes needed changes. So Howard Jarvis got passed in Prop 13, the fact that if you want to specify that all the money raised in this tax deal right here all goes 
for the baseball team. So then people that you're supposed to have 66.67% for that. And then it passes, not 50% plus one. See, we're used to democracy where 50% plus one could do almost anything. But Howard Jarvis people said, no, 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 we for the we need a majority, a different majority, because this tax is going to affect everyone in the county. So Yuba County, so even before Yuba County got involved, various counties were passing these taxes to generate money that they 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 were outspending themselves. Where were they outspending themselves? One of the biggest expense expense items is the California employee uh, retirement fund, CalPERS. And uh, so Yuba County officials conspired to deceive the people. They knew that a special tax, like they wanted to do, they wanted to help public safety. That was the pitch. We want to help public safety, ambulance, fire, and uh, law enforcement, right? We want to help law enforcement. We want to help all these deals. They went around and tried to convince people, and they were just like the person who's going to go in and steal $20 here, $30 here, $40 here, $10 here, as opposed to stealing $950 and getting a strike getting a felony. So the the changing and making it higher the threshold to get a felony encouraged small-time criminals to just go for it, just walk in and take whatever you wanted because they knew they would get away with it. They'd been in the system that long. Here's what Yuba County did. Robert Bendorf, the county administrator, talking to people around the state and public relations people that that ran campaigns, they learned that on a regular, like a, uh, a regular measure, like no logging, that would be something they'd vote. Can't do any logging in these, these acres. And so they, they pass it. Right. And then right after they pass it, somebody's challenges it in court. Uh, and so it drags on in court. And so in the meantime, there's logging going on which is just that's the way the law works. But in revenue raising, where politicians want to rake in more money, they're the ones that voted on this to create this inequitable situation. But the incentive was just the same as the guy who used to steal and get caught all the time and go to jail, but now with the threshold of a a felony being at $950 or more, the incentive was to just go get it on steel from all over the place. The Yuba County officials knew that the rules on a revenue initiative meant that if they were already taking taxes out, if there were was um, an appeal of that, Or like in the Yuba County case of Measure K, the local judge ruled in favor of the people that didn't want Measure K, 
And so the county then had to appeal it. Well, all the while of this appeal, which has been held up by COVID, every month ten to $15,000 is taken out of the hard-earned stash of Yuba County residents and others that shop over here occasionally. The Yuba County officials knew that on a revenue measure, that even if they get sued and it, they end up reversing the tax situation from this new law, that they would collect and keep all the millions of dollars they've been raking in and being held in a trust fund until this is settled. So here's what happened. The amount now is over $13 million that the county of Yuba has taken out of the pockets of its fair citizens. I'll talk more about this when we return. Los Angeles is now coming together to confront the greatest moral and humanitarian crisis of our time. Let me be clear once again, we are here to end homelessness. So there are massive protests going on all over Cuba. And of course, the target is socialism. And this creates a real problem for people in the United States on the left because they keep assuring us that socialism works. Socialism is awesome. And so I can just imagine the squad. Can you think of how they're having meetings right now? They're talking to all their aides, trying to figure out how do we avoid blaming this one on socialism? It seems like the Cuban people really don't like socialism. Well, I don't know. Well, maybe, you know what? Why don't we say that they're, they're, they're really, um, well, you know, that they're, they're protesting climate change. They're really worried it's getting really hot in Cuba. And I've heard that the oceans are really rising around Havana. Or maybe what we could do is we could we could say there's a shortage of COVID vaccines because if we can blame this on COVID vaccines, then we can shame the people in America who won't take the vaccines. Hey, look, you got all these vaccines available to you, but you won't take them. The Cuban people are protesting in the street because they don't have vaccines. Or, or what about what about if we were to blame it on gender inequality? Perhaps there's a lot of gender inequality in Cuba. You know the the uh, the Latin American machismo tradition. Maybe there's a backlash against that, and people are coming to the street because they they don't like gender equality. 
you know, or, or what about the trans community? Maybe this is a, a statement of solidarity for all the trans people in Cuba. You know, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of uh, the trans people coming out of the closet and claiming their rights. So maybe the Cuban people are finally waking up and you know, there's a greater awareness of social justice in these socialist countries. So they're more aware of the deprivation suffered by the trans people. Well, I don't, you know, whatever we do, whatever we do, the one thing we can say is that these people are protesting socialism, because after all, if we admit that... Oh no, we're not going to admit that, because after all, if it doesn't work over there, if it doesn't work in Venezuela, if it doesn't work in North Korea, if it doesn't work anywhere in the world, who's going to think it's going to work here? So Robert Bendorf, the county administrator and the county council knew that heads, they win, tails I lose as a citizen. They knew that, first of all, they thought there's no one to sell the tax in a public relation campaign and say all the money is going to go to public safety. And then turn around and write up the ordinance like it wasn't a special tax. They knew what they were doing and they were devious. They were liars. And they weren't expecting a big resistance. But if they got one and they ended up in court and losing, they still knew they were going to win because they, they collect that money all the time. Even though they're going to they're going to lose uh, their just like they did here, we went to court and the county lost Major K, but then they appealed. So just this last week, in other words, it's a win-win for the county. If they don't win this one, they get to keep all the money that was illegally taken from taxpayers. So months and months ago, I wrote an article about this. That, that the whole reason for this big financial boost is to pay spiking pension and health costs. In 2015, the Stanford University down here in Palo Alto, pension tracker, found every Yuba County household owed $14,490 each. If the pension debt was spread equally to pay for county retirees that year. Every county in the union, pretty much in the state, pretty much. Is way buried in pension debt. But there's no discussion about putting that towards pension relief. So there's a number of government employees along with their pay pensions and health benefits are not. Are, are, are out of control and officials at every level of natural bureaucracy have lost their voice. Unions have them by the short hairs. This is no different than a common thief getting away with what he could get away with. 
And the Yuba County Board of Supervisors and the administration knew very well that if they lost, they could still win. By getting all the money they've collected instead of having all that money, instead of stopping the handling of all that money in the first place. But that's what that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with liars. So one thing you could do is you could sign up to be registered to vote. You think, what could I do? You could do a lot. You could do a lot if you'll make your mind up. And I'm, I'm trying to look for this crazy gaslighting article. And uh, I cannot find it. Unbelievable. I used it on my uh, radio show and found it right away. And uh, I don't know. I'm just having a hard time here. Oh, I know what I'm doing wrong. Let me look at this. All right. Well, I'm just going to have to push on here. And uh, I was all excited about telling you about that. And I can't find it. So uh, what the, we're going to see here, I was talking earlier about the fact that in Lake County, uh, Illinois, they are organizing training and all excited about going door to door to try to uh, get as many people vaccinated. The interesting thing is why would you vaccinate uh, somebody that is immune? If there's an, if, if 99.9% of the people get over this without dying, why would you ever stick them with an experimental chemical that has a, a that has a very toxic item in it called graphene oxide? And, and why would you, when most of the people have a natural immunity, which is far better than a chemical immunity, why would you force them to get a vaccination? Why would you force a child to get this vaccination when, when children, no one, no children are get, getting this illness? It's crazy what's going on. There is no evidence to support what they're doing. And then they're going to notate who's who's involved in this, who's involved in the resistance to put you in camps. That's that's just what's going to go go down here. Okay.
All right. I wanted to mention uh, some of the people that are supporting. I'm going to, at the break, I'm going to find this article for you. I'm tired of looking at it here when I should be talking. Uh, Dr. Cassidy, who is a supporter of the show, has been very effective with getting people, getting people their lives back. It, you don't have to ask very many questions amongst addicts on who has helped them. And so uh, when we realized, Dr. Cassie and I, who've been working kind of together casually, informally, helping people get on their feet and get, a, get their life back, when we realized that the Sutter Yuba Mental Health wasn't really addressing the, the addiction situation, and uh, and like the article in the newspaper, I think it was the Appeal Democrat said that in California, our addict overdoses were 35 percent up during COVID. And here our local health department is deceiving the very supervisors by playing it off like, ah, oh, it's just a normal year. Right. But Dr. Cassie and I got fed up with trying to wait for the government to to do something. You know, when the government takes your taxes. And um, and then doesn't do what they're supposed to do with your taxes. Like in the state of California, when they put out a water initiative and you want more water resources so we don't have to quarantine, we don't have to not quarantine, but we don't have to ration. And then they turn around and they don't do anything with it. They spend it on something else. Or you, you spend money, you pay more taxes for roads and they don't fix the roads, Right. That's what the government doing in Yuba Sutter counties. That's what the government doing about addiction dollars. They're hiring people, but they don't see many patients. So Dr. Cassidy and I uh, put out this thing, uh, this flyer called, are you ready? Very simple. And it says, basically, are you ready? You just call us. So we're encouraging people that have addiction problems, or if they have loved ones who have addiction problems, we, we want everybody to know we can help them. And the first step they do is just call Peachtree Health or Peachtree Clinic. That's in Live Oak or in Linda. And try to get or just ask for an uh, appointment with Dr. Joe Cassidy. And uh, if that does not work, if they say, oh, he's too busy or he doesn't take new patients, both of those are false. Don't get in an argument with him. Just say thank you very much. And then text his number. If you can't text, I'm going to tell you an alternative in a minute. Text his number. Don't call him because he sees patients and he can't talk to you while he's seeing the patient. So text 530-682-8648. 530-682-8648. If there's some problem there, then, then on the text, just say your name. I need I need to see is it for addiction. Or if, if you talk to Peachtree Clinic, tell them. They'll, they usually ask you what the problem is and tell them addiction. If there's any other problem, you can just dial me up. You can text me or call me 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. And together, all, all of us will get you what you needed. We can get you Narcan uh, prescriptions. We can get you prescriptions for like Suboxone and relate other types of products like that that can help stop the withdrawals uh we can get you into rehabs all that kind of stuff so don't just suffer with addiction and just think you know if you're not ready you're not ready that's why we ask the question are you ready 
Because when people aren't ready, you're just you're just break beating your head against the concrete. So uh, so thank you, Dr. Cassie, for supporting the show. Also, uh, my my good friend Nellie Garcia, she uh, took over a paralegal a number of years ago, and while she's gone to law school, and uh, she runs North Valley Paralegal. So what you're going to get is uh, a lawyer type person for on the cheap. A lot less money than what it's going to cost you going to a lawyer. She's going to do it faster and going to do it with more compassion and more passion. And she's a very, very hard worker. So you can call her at 530-751-9289. And uh, 751-9289. And it's 751 Sutter Street. That's right at the base of the 10th Street Bridge. Very easy to find from either side of the river, as we say here in Yuba Sutter Counties. Also, the plumbing doctor, Ted Holmes, I was working with him on a project at Glad Tidings this week. He runs a plumbing doctor, and he's looking for work. He, if you're a plumber, he can use you as a plumber. If you are general labor, he's looking for general laborers. They can hire right now for liftoff floor removal. So you can call either number. Call that number and just say, hey, you heard on with Live with Lou or, or No Hostages Radio. Either way, uh, that there were jobs at, at uh, liftoff floor removal, either way, or plumbing, and go get yourself a job, okay? Then Greenitz Construction, I just saw a picture of Dave Greenitz on Facebook. He's sitting on the beach. How hard can that get? You're sitting on the beach back in New Jersey, I guess. And uh, so I guess he's doing pretty well. If you want to renew your, redo your your kitchen or your bathroom or your entryway, you're not going to find anybody better. And I'm just going to refer you to his social media sites, greenitzconstruction.com or Dave Greenitz Construction, Facebook, green with ETZ on the end. And uh, honestly, uh, you know, when you have a great contractor, they show up on time. They're not filthy. Uh, they're not stealing from you. They, they uh, do exactly what they said they're going to do. They leave the place spotless, clean. Uh, that's a good contractor and get the job done within your budget. So that's Greenest Construction. Also, uh, one of our longest supporters, Elite Universal Security, Monty Hecker. And uh, he's been working furiously on the Gavin Newsom recall. By the way, since I'm bringing up Monty, the Gavin Newsom recall, go to recall Gavin. 2020 2020 recallgavin2020.com and make a donation. We're not going to you're not going to get Gavin Newsom out of office by not voting or by not contributing. Let me ask you this. Wouldn't you like your your car fees about half what they are? That's the function of the government, right? We need to recall the governor. So Monty Hecker, he his job is to secure the things that you've worked really hard to, to earn. And uh, the founding fathers said this very simply, that uh, they couldn't keep you protected and your property protected. There was no reason for government. Right now, there's really no reason for government. For one thing, the they're allowing people to trash the streets of our city so that eliminate your personal protection and they can't keep your private property safe so you got to do that yourself 
you got to pack, you got to carry a gun, and you got to have a good security people that can. It, you know, it's not a matter of just putting a guard by your place. It's it's a matter of strategizing about how to stop this nonsense. And so that's how uh, Ali Universal Security can do that. So, um, all right. Let me uh, get down here. So the people that are going to come by, you know, the Yuba County already had what they call a curative van showing up. It's it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that the, the government came after me calling me, uh, threatening people and uh, like the the health officer and and uh, being a bully. And I wasn't sending anybody. I wouldn't send in the cops to people's houses, threaten them that they left the house. They were going to arrest them or something like that. I wasn't shoving things up people's noses that weren't any good and almost driving it right into their brain. And it has chemicals on it to poison them, causes cancer on the tips of those things. I wasn't uh, forcefully vaccinating people. I wasn't lying about the COVID, the number of COVID deaths every week and the number of COVID cases every week. I wasn't doing anything like that. I wasn't threatening people. uh, They were throwing out of business for not wearing a mask or not socially distancing. I wasn't doing anything like that. It's interesting. The government is the bully. The government is the thief. The government is the bully. And yet they turn around and use the court system against people like me uh, that actually didn't do a thing wrong except tell tell what the facts should be just tell what the what the facts should be here there's more and more statements coming out about article here says measures to protect students from the coronavirus like mask mandates mandates end up harming them this article is an amazing article. Every single thing that you uh, were told to do caused harm in your life. Not one thing helped you with COVID. This eminent doctor, which I'm having trouble finding that as well. I'm just having a bad situation here today. Oh, here it is. So Dr. Peter McCullough, I just watched a 17-minute video with Dr. Peter McCullough giving testimony before the uh, a Senate committee. And Peter McCullough is the head of, uh, he's a professor at uni- uh, Texas A&M Baylor University. Uh, he's a professor, medical professor, uh, specializing in kidneys and heart. He has written more peer-reviewed papers on those two topics than anybody in the history of medicine, Dr. Peter McCullough. He's also the editor of two medical journals. And uh, 
he brought up some interesting things that I brought up before, but they sounded more interesting when he said them. And he talked about the fact that he'd never seen any illness before in his entire medical career where they talked about the illness, but they never offered any solution to it. The government, Fauci. And uh, yet there were many solutions to COVID and, and there seemed to be no interest in preventing hospitalizations. Remember they whined about going to, we're going to overpopulate our hospitals, but they didn't treat anybody. In fact, my next door neighbor who I talked to and took testimony from him personally, they, they concluded he had COVID and sent him home with no medication and just said, stay in your room. They didn't address COVID like they would address anybody else. If hospitals killed people, if, if putting people on the ventilator killed people, why wouldn't they want to prevent people from going in the hospital? We'll be right back. During multiple hearings, my Democratic colleagues have claimed that voter ID is used to suppress votes. However, the data clearly disputes this. Contrary to Democratic claim, voter ID requirements of lowering voter turnout, states with voter ID laws saw record turnout in the 2020 election. And I thought I would take this opportunity during a remote hearing to take everyone on the committee to rural America. While I haven't found a Kinko's, the Vice President of the United States may be very interested to learn that I can confirm folks in rural Wisconsin and rural communities across the United States have running water, have electricity. And I found this new invention that I don't think was there when Vice President Biden first ran for Senate, but is available now here in rural America. And it's called a camera phone. It's amazing. It has a camera and a phone, and it can actually take a photo of an ID and can be submitted electronically. Shocking, I know. Now, it may not have come to San Francisco, so Vice President Kamala Harris may not be as familiar, but I encourage everyone to check out these new camera phones that can be used to provide enhanced integrity in our elections for people voting by mail remotely in rural America. Yeah, so we don't want no kids. <laughs> and my husband and I, we're still real new, right? Like we just got married last summer. We had just moved in together. So we're still like figuring each other out, right? Like our little things we do, our little rules we have, right? Like, like for instance, like my toothbrush, right? I like to be the only one that uses my toothbrush. <laughs> This guy, I don't know how he grew up. Like maybe they're on a budget or something. <laughs> but like he come to me the other day, he's like, hey babe, can I use your toothbrush real quick? I said, what? Like that's the option for you? Like you're thinking about it? He's like, what? It's just like kissing. We kiss at the same thing. Mm, 
I do not scrape off your tartar with my tongue. I mean, I know I'm pretty amazing. But I'm almost positive I cannot prevent cavities. So Peter McCullough, the doctor from, the top doctor from Baylor University, Texas A&M at Baylor University, he says he's never seen such a thing in all his medical experience where not only was never a remedy offered like by a panel of doctors, we just had one doctor talking to the world, a lab doctor. Don't you think it's very odd that there were lots of remedies that were cheap remedies that would stop uh, COVID in 24 hours, 36 hours, to stop the symptoms. And they were being used by doctors throughout the country, but then the United States government shut them down. Hospitals shut them down. I can see hospitals doing that, right? Because they were making like 39000 something like that, 39000 per patient that made it into the ICU. They were kind of wanting people to come and die over there. And how they were misconstruing the figures to scare people to death, to take something that wasn't dangerous and make it sound very, very dangerous, like there wasn't any solution to it. There wasn't any treatment for it. And doctors like Peter McCullough said there was lots of treatments for it. Instead of letting doctors do what they're doing, he said, when have you ever heard the federal government step in and block the use of licensed medicines instead of just trusting the doctor's understanding, intellect, and judgment? Can't you see the scam here, people? It was a complete scam. And it was an attempt to just kill lots of people. And the second thing is put a, a, a lot of people into fear. And the third thing is to pave the way for an experimental mRNA genetic change uh, chemical to be injected into your system. And we have thousands and thousands. McCullough thinks that maybe 50,000 people have died. But they're not publishing it because uh, their reporting system, I remember I, I stated this um, last week, the reporting system through the vaccine complaint line is not good. Let me just read this to you. First of all, there's a German scientist named German, excuse me, Reiner Fulmich. Fulmich. F-U-E-L, like fuel, with an extra L, M-I-C-H. And he did a 
global lawsuit that this was all a big fraud. And eminent physician Dr. Peter McCullough reflect upon what he called propagandized bioterrorism by injection. And the thinking is with McCullough and colleagues is that COVID-19 vaccines may sterilize young people by taking them. Because why would you why would you inject people that as let me ask you this. You're healthy. You get a clean bill of health. Would you go down to the cancer center and have them chemo you or radiate you for 20 weeks just in case you have cancer? No, you wouldn't do that because it's very toxic to do that. And we don't we don't practice like that. We don't practice medicine like that. So why, if you're immune to COVID, you're not going to die from it? Why would you take this chemical that could kill you? Peter McCullough claims that the media is not telling the truth or the whole story and and that uh, the vaccines may sterilize a young foster cancer and could have likely caused 50,000 to currently 70,000 deaths already in the United States. So you can read read an article about this in Life LifeSite News S I T E LifeSiteNews dot com. This article is uh, by a guy named Patrick Delaney. So this interview, June eleventh interview, McCullough, an internist and cardiologist, along with being a professor of medicine, et cetera, et cetera. I told you about it. Began his comments asserting this: this guy is amazingly composed and. He doesn't mince words. He just, every word has a purpose. No repeating. He says, I believe that we're under the application of a form of bioterrorism that's worldwide and that appears to have been many years in the planning. So phase one of the bioterrorism, which consisted of a respiratory virus that spread across the world and affected relatively few people. About 1% of many populations, but generated a lot of fear. Every single thing that was done in the public health response to the pandemic made it worse, said McCullough. He's referring to what was happening in Yuba and Sutter counties. This fear enabled multiple levels of government mitigation and interference, including shutdowns, mass mandates, and mass testing. Every single thing that was done in the public sector to the pub, to stop the pandemic made it even worse. In response, McCullough and a group of colleagues began to seek, discover, and publish treatments for the virus in the medical journals he edited and began to meet resistance at all levels though their findings demonstrated about an 85% reduction in hospitalizations. In other words, people that already got sick, they could keep them from going to the hospital and death. YouTube pulled down a presentation that McCullough gave on the platform while other outlets actively suppressed virtually all information regarding the treatment of patients. You hear what he's saying? When... 
in American history would doctors not share what could cure people? This was coordinated effort. He says, McCullough says, and the entire program of bioterrorism fade one was really all about keeping the population in fear and isolation and preparing them to accept the vaccine, which appears to be phase two of a bioterrorism operation. Then he says, phase two, though we don't know who is behind it, it is clear that they want a needle in every arm to inject mRNA and anti-adenoviral DNA into the human being. Listen, people, this is just crazy what's going on. Top people that had not only a top medical degree and was a top performing medical doctor, but also was an attorney, Simone Gold, got canned from her hospital work because she was curing people with COVID and they didn't want people to be cured. They'd rather have them just come in the hospital. All right. So McCullough says, because the Centers for Disease Control and other agencies have not exercised their due diligence to reduce the risk of injections, McCullough charged them with malfeasance. Ah, maybe Yuba County will pay more attention to guys like this. With the program, he said, with this program, there is no critical event committee. There is no data safety monitoring board, and there is no human ethics committee. These structures are mandatory for all large clinical investigations. And so the world, so the word that's really used for what is going on is malfeasance. That's wrongdoing by those in a position of authority. And without any, any uh, safety measures in place, you can see what's going on. He said, this is the largest application of a biological product with the great amount of morbidity and, and mortality in the history of the United States of America. All right. He says, he says, we have a pretty good lead that the real numbers are tenfold in terms of deaths because of the way they handled the COVID thing and put nursing home people back in nursing homes and put people into ICUs and gave them, remember all those ventilators we couldn't live without? They, they actually killed people. It was a wrong diagnosis. He said that we know that from data from Harvard in 2016 that the vaccine adverse event reporting system only reports about 10% of what's really going on. So we had to get another data source. So the VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, is still, um, we have it, but it's not a great, it's not a great system. 
So this Peter McCullough is making waves, and he just says it's a total, it's a total embarrassment what these guys have done to the United States of America, and most people bought into it, including our boards of supervisors. Forbid people to get common medicine. Uh, a guy that I do the that runs the board for me uh, on Saturday mornings. Uh, we were discussing the foolishness of people just believing this, and it's just, it's nonsensical. The whole situation is, non- if, you, if you have, what other area in your life, if you were 99.9% assured of an outcome, what other area in your life would you not believe in that? And you'd go out and get something wild done. All right. I don't know whether I want to talk about Disney or not. I have it here to talk about. Disney is no longer going to honor the Christmas celebration. Isn't this interesting? They're canceling Christmas. So Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, an extremely popular Yuletide tradition, is going to be rebranded. Instead, the Magic Kingdom will host a nighttime show of some sort. Just unbelievable. What you're seeing through uh, Black Lives Matter, Disney, the whole bunch, they are trying to rid the world of life, uh, of your life believing in Jesus, following Jesus. That's what the issue is. You don't, they're not attacking any other religion. They want all religion out of schools completely. And they want to force you to come to school even though you don't believe in the school by law. So we have offensive rides, kind of the Pirates of the Caribbean and Splash Mountain. They also plan to overview, overhaul Jungle Cruise because concerns about the depiction of the natives. There was even controversy surrounding Prince Charming's life-saving kiss that awakened Snow White from her slumber. The Me Too crowd took issue with the unwelcome smooch. Disney also eliminated the words ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls from recorded greetings at its theme park. In April, Disney announced it was adding inclusion as a key component of its customer service. We want our guests to see their own backgrounds and traditions reflected in the stories, experiences. It's just the the original introduction down below here included good evening ladies and gentlemen boys and girls dreamers of all ages now the greeting is good evening dreamers of all ages <laughs> so ridiculous and somebody's feeling really righteous about pulling this all off
did it surprise you that leading science, science vaccines uh, makers are dying? July 10th article. The woman in charge of communist China's Sinovac. You know, if you ever see Sino, that means it's from China. Sinovac injection. The woman in charge of communist Sinovac injection trials in Indonesia has died mysteriously. And the mainstream media said it, say, says it was due to the Wuhan coronavirus. Navilia Bakhtiar was announced dead and in in, in amid another wave of Chinese virus that authorities are calling the Delta variant. This spike in the new infections directly corresponds with Indonesia's mass vaccination campaign, which appears to be the cause behind the latest outbreak. In other words, it's causing people to get COVID. Oh, I, I was telling you that Santos, who does my board work at um, KMYC, he works for, uh, he used to work for an animal uh, supply store. And we were joking about ivermectin, which is a worm medicine for animals, I'm told. And you can buy it very cheaply there and then just take a certain amount. You could find out on the Internet each day. It's very successful against COVID and no prescription necessary. Just thought I'd tell you that. So this poor lady maybe ran as foul of the Chinese and they didn't want her talking. And so they eliminate her. It says, subtitle, many healthcare care workers who recently took a Sinovac injection all died. While Biopharma did not immediately respond to requests for comment about Bakhtiar's death, news reports indicate that a wave of deaths has been reported in conjunction with the jab. Listen, people. You are really making a mistake if you're experimenting with this. According to the independent data group LAPOR, COVID-19, some 131 healthcare workers in Indonesia took the injection, died not long after in, in the, the media. The media is all ignoring this. It says tens of thousands of Indonesian people are testing positive for the Delta variant despite having gotten the injection. The CDC, as I mentioned last week, are telling people that have gotten the injection to still wear a mask, still social distance, and still wash your hands all the time. Listen, people, just think about the crazy. Only government can screw this stuff up this bad all right we're coming for uh head uh to end the show here today and so uh i think i think i may have actually talked about gaslighting last week but maybe not so uh we'll leave that where it is and we'll bid you farewell and uh, we'll see you next week.
Lord willing. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Someone to love, someone to love, sweetheart. 